Hello and welcome to The Change Troubleshooter. This is Nina Dar's podcast. Welcome to Season 4 of The Change Troubleshooter. This is Episode 4, Changing Mindsets on Leadership, Patience, Persistence and Courage. Today, Nina talks to Susanna Meindhauster, a seasoned professional change leader in the chemicals industry. They discuss some of the main pitfalls that can be encountered when trying to deliver change in large organisations and how a little patience, persistence and courage from business leaders can make a huge difference to delivering change. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Change Troubleshooter podcast and I'm delighted today to have a fellow change maker with me, Susanna Monster. And, you know, always, everyone knows, actually, I have so many great guests with fabulous names on the podcast that I let down immediately. And the more I think about pronouncing the name, the worse it gets. So you do it properly for me. Thank you, Nina, for the invite. So Susanna Meinbausta is my name and very delighted about the invite. I got really excited about our conversations uh, around the topic. So happy to be here. Great. And I'm really looking forward to this. Today, we are going to take the topic of changing mindsets on leadership, patience, persistence and courage when leading business change and both Susanna and I have a lot of experience in this as I'm sure all you change makers out there do as well. It's a a topic that I know will resonate with many people and Susanna's got a very long history working within the chemical industry, working as a product steward on regulatory issues in the PLM world, all industries that go through enormous change where change really does have to be monitored in quite a structured way, where uh, the outcomes need to be predetermined and there's a lot of nervousness about how you're gonna get there, when you're gonna get there, if it's going to tick everyone's boxes and a lot of people tend to get involved. Um, very similar to my own experience and we met through the Green PLM Global Alliance so sustainability is also something that we have in common so delighted to be able to share this conversation with you. Is there anything that you want to add that from your experience in the chemical industry and in the PLM world why you were excited about doing the podcast today? Well, I would really emphasize the fact that the power is in the people and we too often ignore the fact that it's not technology or it's not the connectivity of data that brings the change, but it's all about us in an organization working together. And I think that's all along the sustainability challenges or or managing the regulatory changes in, in the regulated industries where PLM brings that connectivity, but running the change is all about bringing people to the center and understanding how do we together change because technology is not going to change us as people. And I think that's that's striking to the topic that we are going to discuss today. Yeah. And for everybody that's ever worked on one of my PLM programs, you'll know that that is my mantra as well. 
the technology is not going to change anything. The people have to be at the centre of this conversation. And over the years, my first PLM project was in 2004. When was yours, Susanna? First PLM project really focused on PLM started 2014. Um, ah. But then previously, many related regulatory change projects uh, were taking place. And yeah, my first PLM program had uh, regulatory changes in there as well. And they were really an area where the leadership teams in businesses kind of struggled to see who was the owner of this. And, and in, in my experience, you know, initially it was given to the hands of IT teams to, to own it and then maybe engineering teams to own it and then maybe product development teams or the regulatory teams. But um, in fact, I don't think I've done one PLM programme where the leadership really fully understood this had to be owned by the whole business, which makes it a more complicated change to deliver. Yeah, well, I, I think my experience is, is along the lines that with the successful transformation program that I uh, had the honor to, to lead, we actually had the full leadership team alignment on, on what we were going for. So having the courage to really align on the vision and why are we doing it? And then you still need a single home for the ultimate accountability. And that needed to be in the business owning the portfolio. Because otherwise you would end up doing in functional silos optimization that serves the purpose for that particular function or department rather than looking at the, the overall. Absolutely. <laughs> that silo effect, which drives us all mad. And so in your spare time, Susanna, to detangle all that stuff that would be going through your head, so you do lovely craft things like knitting and sewing where you have com complete control of everything. Exactly. That's getting rid of the dependencies and, and focusing on what you can do on your own. <laughs> Which is lovely. <laughs> and I think it should be our number one piece of, of, of advice for everyone today. Make sure that you do something on the side that can give you what is very difficult to achieve in our professional world. Absolutely. That gives you perspective and, and then you get back energized to, to run and lead, lead the difficult conversations that lead to the alignment across the organization. Yeah, absolutely. So our challenge at the moment is to do the changing mindsets part of the podcast in 15 minutes. So we're going to cover three questions and I'm going to start the timer now. So we're going to start with patience, persistence and courage make a real difference when delivering change. Why is that? Well, I think first comes to the patience to really align what are we going to do? Because you get excited about the opportunities and, and the uh, enablement that the different tools and technologies can, can bring in. But from my experience, it really takes patience and also courage from the leadership to ask that what is the ultimate outcome that we are looking from the program and how is that relating to what needs to change in our way of working, day to day, what behaviors are we trying to influence? 
Because if you push that forward, you, you are not getting the benefits because you lack the alignment across the layers of the organization that upper management has a view of what the vision is. And the next layer maybe has self-created different realities of what is that going to look like. But then you don't really have the tools and the means to continuously discuss with your stakeholders and the end users that what are we now designing for and what are we aiming at? Because you need that dialogue going all the way along from the concept through the delivery and through the implementation to stay really focused on are we getting the impact for people and not only for the technology? And do you think that the, the external pressures that leaders face makes this idea that they, they know they need to be patient and persistent and have courage? And then there's the world around them. Sometimes I hear them say, yeah, now, Nina, there's the real world that we're in. And in my real world, this is the pressure that I'm under. This is what I'm facing. So I hear what you're saying, but I need you to do this. So how do we overcome that? Yeah, I think it's it's about also having the courage to trust on certain strategic decisions that we make. And the experience from the PLM programs is really coming to the bottom of that, that it's complex. The larger the organization, the more effort it makes to keep it consistent from the beginning of the product lifetime to the end and having all of the functions aligned. So it can't run on a quarterly result uh, impact. So it can run on every now and then changing the priority. And that's the courage that we should do that. Is that a strategic choice? Then we are committed to running for that. If we're not ready to do that, maybe it would be better to then think that what's kind of a downsized effort that we're going for rather than let's say playing like we were doing it but not really having having the focus so definitely the external pressures are something that are influencing but uh, I guess the other part that I, I find very difficult is that the people change is sometimes not so easy to communicate but then it's easier to start fine-tuning the IT costs and, and the budgets for the consultation support and whatever, um, which you can measure. It's easier to kind of put into a slide and say, this is the technology that costs and this is the implementation cost. But when it comes to magnifying the impacts on leading the change, making it really stick to the organization, it's much harder. And I think that's part of the patience that we sometimes lack to go down the road that we can really verbalize what is it that it takes us to really fully um, run through the change. And do you think that's the fault in a way of us change makers that we don't really talk enough about the change lag, the time it actually takes to see change flourish, to really get the, the benefits of change because we don't want to put people off and we don't want the project to be sidelined. So do we do we not help ourselves because we don't really talk about that in a realistic way? Yeah, I think it's, it's part of the habit that we're looking at the changes through projects and projects have a start and an end. 
But then really transforming the organization should be thought very early on that how do you build the governance? And now, I mean, the governance of how do you sustain the culture and the alignment in the organization, not just ticking the box that we have data governance, we have process governance, but really building in that how do we keep that community and that culture growing? And and that's not fitting into that established project mindset. And I think that's where we don't do a favor for ourselves that, that we stick to the projects and then we wonder that after the go live, where did that all kind of go away? <laughs> I know. And in, in later programs, I've really tried hard to get HR departments involved in PLM projects particularly because of the cultural change required, the training required, probably the changes to organizational structures, job roles required. But actually, that's been quite a hard transition because I always think that, and forgive me all HR people out there, but sometimes I feel that HR departments themselves do not do enough to keep educated in what is really happening, what transformation projects consist of, and where real business transformation comes from. They stick to the age-old areas, or we do a bit of training and development, and we have learning teams, but they would never look at something like a PLM project as actually being people business transformational. Yeah, I think from my experience, one of the challenges is that there's no um, established way to keep on this culture governance type of bodies embedded into the functional organization that it's it's still in many organizations that you have commercial organization you have your supply chain you have your regulatory but in the case of PLM you really need that governance body that has representation from all of the involved departments and functions but still gets the expertise of each of the dimensions of the enterprise brought together and aligning how do we leverage on the PLM. And that's even harder, I feel, because then the resource planning typically still happens within the functional silos, if I may say. And um, HR is also a bit of driven that we have the annual budgeting, the headcount plans, and you, you name it, based on the functional silos and not really out of this how do we keep the process culture alignment and organizational understanding up to the speed and it's a bit of a handicap that how can we sustain the culture because it seems so ambiguous and not fitting into the core uh, hard kpis and metrics of each of the functions whilst it's a key contributor for us to collaborate i know and this has never um, sat well with me, really, because I've never understood why any business, and whether it's a PLM project or an equally significant transformational project in the business, does not set out the change to the organizational structure and the people ahead of that project. It always feels like it's the wrong way around. And maybe as I move into question two, why do leaders lose sight of the elements that we're talking about here? Patience, persistence, courage. Perhaps they lose sight of this because we don't order the transformation in the right way strategically to begin with. 
Yeah, and I, I think it comes again to what are the supporting factors to stay focused and have the right balance of changing the course as we learn more versus changing the course because there's pressure to reduce uh, efforts, reduce costs or so whatsoever. So bringing that back to the strategic decisions that uh, if we are on this journey, be it then three-year program or whatsoever, you need to collect enough evidence before you change direction and not letting the annual planning cycle to to run over, which is typically for the leaders still the key accountability and what they get measured for. I think that's an opportunity to change as well. That how can we better drive the enterprise, the, the cooperation viewpoints also in the change programs? And if we took that where we were looking to disrupt that usual cycle which is the whole reason for having the transformation program in the first place that the benefits and moving it into question number three if we could keep leaders focused in this area what benefits would they see the benefits here actually trickle down through the whole organization because strategically what we're saying is any transformation program should be in those strategic goals and deliverables right at the leadership board level. And that happens anyway. And there is always a trickle down of those goals into the different management layers. But what then what we don't support that with is the softer side, the bit that, as you said earlier, the bits that are difficult to measure, the human impact of all this, We don't support that by saying, okay, in training budgets, right, this has to consist of this because this transformation is coming through in terms of where people are in their succession planning or their own ambitions and what individuals are trying to achieve. This is what's going to trickle down in this element. We have yet to, it seems to me, get to the stage where these things are really knitted together nicely. Yeah, and I think on the softer side, whilst it's difficult to measure, from my experience, one of the great outcomes that you get is that if you in the first place have the patience and courage to put together a truly cross-organizational team that you had then safeguarded to stay focused and rightly prioritizing the project along the journey, the outcome will be that you have a good bunch of people who will be your prime advocates to roll that out. And then out of the living governance process in my past job as well, we saw that there's a really, really valuable group of people who can spread the message, they can really sustain the culture. And then there's further changes needed. So you have already the engine that kind of can motion that change, given like the sustainability challenges we have, new requirements for reporting, new regulation coming up. So you still need to keep changing your framework to adopt those customer needs, regulator needs. And and with that soft side, and I don't really like that being quoted, the soft side, but you've actually created the culture to sustain that. And I, I wish that there would be really a good framework to bring that through in every project like uh, like PLM transformation. Yeah, me too. And the opportunity that now is before us 
with our sustainability challenges. And um, I know some people are disappointed with increasing regulation, but that instead of looking at it as increasing reg regulation, this is just a catalyst for further change, which makes organizations much more sustainable going forward. Mm -hmm. And if we, for those of us like me and you, who have been doing this work for many years, actually, this is a brilliant opportunity for those continual struggles on where do we position the people? Who looks after the health and welfare of those people? As we increase technology in the organization, how do the technology elements and the people elements serve the organization in a better way? In, you know, we can use now a term that's come out post COVID, hybrid, but you know, in that hybrid working where we're still humans and technology trying to come together, sustainability challenges should be the catalyst to not just focusing on the planet, which of course we need to do, but also recognizing that some of these challenges we've been trying to deal with for a long time. And this could become the tipping point that actually makes it better for everyone. Yeah, and I, I would absolutely echo with that. What I would like to emphasize that with an integrated holistic PLM transformation, the, the great benefit that you get is really around having the transparency and alignment across the organization that as we need to bring in new requirements or collecting new data from our supply chain and pass it along in the value chain forwards, you actually know with whom you need to interact Where's the data you're looking for? And that creates the agility, whilst for the upper management, you should also realize that that transparency and alignment brings you also better off in terms of people keep on moving, they grow in their career, they take other responsibilities. You have a skeleton that still sustains that whilst people will be moving into, into new positions, but the framework enabled by technology is still there and and if you created that strong culture it still supports you in being more agile uh, responding to the changes coming from the outside be it then customer requir requirements or regulations or or both exactly so really what we're encouraging people to do is realize that this is really simple you know, for, for years, I think us change makers have been trying to say to people, we overcomplicate this. You know, the, the desire for businesses to prosper and look after the environment that it's in and the people that serve the organizations, this can, this can be done in harmony in a way that everybody benefits and really the thing that leaders just need to consider more than anything are three very simple areas, patience, persistence, and courage. That's it. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's simple, but it's not simple to stay like that. And, and I think that's the challenge we all share. Um, being conscious about that helps us to stay focused on, on those three dimensions. Absolutely. Yes. And I think... And continuing to talk about it and just reminding people that uh, it can be that simple. And we sometimes let ourselves get dragged into situations 
where they're not helpful. We know the answer. We've known the answer for years. And so continuing down that path, keeping going, keep focused, want to have a great culture that changes as the organization needs to change. And then, you know, the end results start to speak for themselves. Yeah, and I, I, I really, really think that um, what you need to be conscious about as we talk about this is that whilst there's change all of the time, in these types of programs where you have business processes, ways of working together with technology all clapped together, you shouldn't be changing too lightly either, that you need to collect evidence before you change. Because that's what's getting us derailed oftentimes as well, that you get noise from a certain direction, but you don't really look for the evidence that is this a fault in our design, how we want it to work together? Or is that just the process of getting through the change and and getting the alignment? And too often, it's easy to go for the fix of a code or fix of a system, whilst the problem might be that we didn't allow enough time and conversation to align ourselves that how to work together. And that's alone something that I keep coming back that, hey, we're hearing complaints, but can we sit down and listen? What is the true pain behind that complaint? Is that the system? Is that uncertainty? Or is that simply not being clear what's been expected for. Yeah, absolutely. These are very wise words, Susanna. And I hope that we get some engagement on the podcast because I'm absolutely sure so many people out there will um, completely resonate with this conversation. And it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you about it today. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Nina. Happy to also hear others to uh, contribute that how to measure this soft side of things that would be brilliant if we can bring in insights and experiences that uh, how can you efficiently deliver that part of the change uh, into into the kpis that's the challenge for everybody please engage with us the conversation is better with everybody involved we're all here to learn thanks so much thank you nina having me Thanks again to Nina's guests today and thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Change Troubleshooter. Nina invites you to carry on the conversation with her directly. All contact details can be found on her website, ninadar.com. This has been a Sunsoaked Creative Production.